again, thank you so much for choosing Weekly Games Chat as a podcast. You, you know, kind of download, listen. This is episode 437 of the world's greatest podcast about said video games. My name is Sean. And uh, if you're watching us on Twitch right now, all of a sudden have something over my face. It's <laughs> fine. Chris is adjusting things. You know why? Because John is once again at Olive Garden eating breadsticks right now. He's on the pito. Uh, so, yeah, this is the part where I say hello and welcome. Um, and, yeah, I just mentioned it, but quick reminder, if you're just listening to this show, you're missing out on so much. Uh, I think so, because we do some things on Twitch that we don't do or that you don't hear, I should say. And by we, I mean myself, John, and Chris. Normally, I would go say, hey, John, say hello to people. But like we just mentioned, homie is not here. So now we defer to Chris. Chris, what's up, man? We saw each other at work today, bro. We did. I was like, there he is. And you were like caught off guard. You were like a deer. Like, you know, like you were just grazing. And all of a sudden, I showed up with a rifle. Like, hey, <laughs> what you doing? Um, <laughs> he, uh, so, yeah, what's crazy is I was sitting at my cube. And I was getting ready to get my gym bag together to go to the gym. And I heard a voice. And the voice said something to the effect of, oh, no, I think he's over here. Something <laughs> like that. That's what I caught. And I was like, that sounds like Chris of Weekly Games Chat. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Buddy came around the corner. And he, uh, he was waiting on his uh, lunch to kind of get ready at the cafe. Yep. And it was funny because I, I threw out the fact of like, Hey man, let's take a picture of us in a cubicle farm, and then we didn't. <laughs> we really didn't. We're like, we it's could. probably for the better. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't uh, want Chris, in the chat already, they're saying, uh, "Do you have a new mic?" And you, I've been using this one. Yeah, I've been using this yeah. one the last couple of weeks. I just, um, I, I like the Shure SM7B. It's a very good microphone, but I like this one better just because I can. It's a condenser mic, so it's like yours, right? It has the fan yeah. power, so you kind of get less like static noise with it yeah. from the start. You know, it's just easier. Well, to the do. I think what they noticed is that the, the the way it's set up, it just covers you up a little more than they're used to seeing. They like seeing that. Yeah, that's know, fine. That gray, that gray beard, Grandolf, uh, Grandolf, Gandalf the Gray. You know, it's there it's behind there. It's it's there. I promise uh, you. Yeah. Here. Uh before we uh move it up go even. on to <laughs> what we're playing. Uh we did want to talk about some things since the last we spoke. Uh, of course, John did tell us last week that he was gonna miss today's show. Uh so that gave Chris ample amount of time, and by ample I mean at about two <laughs> o'clock this afternoon, to make a a picture of John actually arriving at his PTO destination today. I, see, that, that is of course an olive garden. If I was really, really talented, right, you know what I would do is I would have a way to make a video where it's like a two-hour video that slowly more breadsticks just get added to the image. <laughs> As <laughs> They just fade in. That would be great, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mike Talk, real quick. Uh, Heg himself says that it's, they rock a Samson Q2U. Oh, hey. Nice. I'm wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. I remember the days. I remember the days, y'all. Uh, where, I mean, honestly, 
it's still to this day the Yeti Blue. Yeah. That was our OG mic. People still rock those for podcasts. The Snowball, all kind of the Yeti stuff, but we moved up. Yeah. Uh, or, or so we think we did anyway. I don't know. I mean. I don't I don't know. It's just like when we kind of, I think, hit a stride, the world was like, pandemic. And then we were like, well, that's going to change forever. Uh, but yeah, Chris is going to talk about something that kind of has us, I don't know. Uh, him and I both are kind of like, well, the beginning of what he's about to talk about was amazing. Sure. And then, oh, no. Yeah. Well, Chris, uh, enough with the radio tease. You're going to talk about Halo, right? Yeah. Uh, so the new season of Halo has premiered. Um, the first season, I think we can say, like, it was weird what they did, but at the same time, like, there was good and bad. Um, but it also felt like maybe the quality of what you saw was also a little bit more mixed. Now, the big thing I can give them credit to is it seems like the production value definitely got a a little bit of a boost this time, right? Like, especially when you consider that opening scene that is going on on Sanctuary. Uh, that, that scene is quite impressive. And, I mean, if you're a Halo fan, it's a pretty cool sight to behold. Uh, just a, everything from, you know, the battle itself to then, like, you know, watching the Covenant do what they can do. Um, which you don't get to see as much in the games, right? But like, it, it's totally there and it's always been talked about like that. They do this kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I still appreciate the dynamic between, uh, Halo or between master chief and, and fire team and stuff like that. And I think I see where we're going, which kind of gives me a little bit of hope, but it's just like, especially after this year, where we watched this amazing adaptation of a great series, right? In the last of us, it's got me, you know, it's got me worried a little bit just cause I'm just like, it still feels like instead of just doing something that is akin to the source material, we have to keep adding in all these things because someone thinks it's what's going to work to get more general populace into there and to which I would say like, it's great if the general population comes in and joins us on this ride. Right. And like, sees like, Hey, why people really admire and have always like loved playing as master chief and playing those games and all that. But when I'm like watching this and I'm going, we know you're doing reach. I know what reach is. Everyone who has ever played a Halo game knows what happens with Reach. Why are we effing around with what actually happens with Reach in the lead up to it and doing this whole entire BS thing where like there's like this whole plot line in these opening episodes of like this guy pretty much gaslighting Master Chief like for no reason. There's like no yeah. reason whatsoever for this to be happening. It's like it's Master Chief. No one ever doubts Master Chief. That's why he is Master Chief. He wasn't doubted when he, like, you know, sat there and said, I'm going to go give the bomb back to the Covenant. He wasn't freaking doubted when, you know, New Mumbai got blown the smithereens. Like, he is Master Chief. This is what he does. So, like, to see this happening and it's, it's being put in all these excursions of political stuff and things like that, it's just like, 
you know, eventually we're getting there and it seems like maybe we finally are starting to hint around it, but I'm just like, why, what, what was necessary in this? Like you could have just made the whole season pretty much halo reach the video game and it would have worked great. Yeah, yeah. Like, like literally have ups and downs where you're just wondering, you know, like over the course of two, three days, you know, them trying to survive and evacuate and realizing the planet's lost and then like trying to figure out what the next play is to which, you know, I'm guessing hopefully maybe in, you know, season three of the show, Sean, we'll actually see a halo ring. I don't know. That'd be nice. Maybe uh, <laughs> considering we saw that in the first game ever. Yeah. Uh, and I think even in the early books, they talk about it. So in your mind, you at least see what it looks like. Yeah. You're not wrong, dude. I, I got to say that as you're talking, acid sugar says basically, um, so they can never question Master Chief. And he goes on to say he's never played through a Halo game. So that's that's actually a good question for anybody else who might yeah. listen to this video game podcast who didn't play Halo. Hello. Um, but yeah, it's not that they can't question them. It's just like the absurdity of, like you said, in today's term, it's a total gaslight. Yeah. And I don't understand why. Yeah. It's, it's the narrative making them is, is they're trying to tie it in to what happened at the end or during the first season. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like between now and then, did we not clear that up? Did we not have like some sort of, yeah, you know, because review? There are parts <laughs> of this that, you know, from the standpoint of a fan, could be interesting to explore that you don't see a ton of, mainly like with the covenant, right? Like in the politics and the religion and like, you know, how that affects a lot of what's going on. Cause that is the side like the, where there's a lot of corruption between fanatics and then those who are kind of going like, this might be a little bit of BS. And then like power plays between the different types of races, right? Cause they're, they are a covenant. They are not just one race. Whereas like with the humans, it is realizing real quick, like, Oh, we seem like we're screwed. And then going to halo and, you know, realizing, Oh no, there's even a greater threat going on here. I mean, like right. it, it, it's like, imagine if we were watching the last of us in the first season had been Joel in Boston, like just Joel in, you know, in yeah. the very last episode is him meeting Ellie. Like right. that's basically what we're doing right now. <laughs> Um, speaking of that, I did start watching Grounded 2, and that was never mm. I, I, Neil Druckmann, by the way, mm-hmm. with his hair grown out, threw me off. <laughs> Don't mean to pivot too bad, but like, whoa, what was that, Neil? Uh, but no, I didn't mean to. To your point, how you said it'd be like Joel in Boston, chat said, uh, who was it? This would be like Hegg himself said, it's like if you watch The Witcher. And Geralt yeah. doesn't become a witcher until season three at the end yeah. of it. I mean, and it's and, like, huh? And even then, like you can make an argument. Some of the problems with Witcher, the TV show is that instead of kind of problems, <laughs> yes, Jennifer. there is <laughs> like, instead of kind of pushing to the meat of the books and what it's about, like it does a couple of things that like with the short stories that took place before the bulk of the saga. Right. But then it's doing right, like right. a lot of our stuff that I'm just like, okay, this is not why people are here for Witcher. Like I'm not here to have 45 episodes on, you know, all the sorcerers and sorceresses and everything going on with that. I mean, man, come on, let's just get to what it's about. It's about Siri. It's about Geralt. It's about Yennefer. It's about this whole entire freaking 
civil war, you know, and all this other stuff. It's like, let's focus on that. And that stuff was good. Uh, yeah. And that's I why actually, I think you, he left. Uh, maybe. I, and, you know, speaking of Witcher, I didn't, I didn't watch season two or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I bailed out. I don't know why. It's just, <laughs> it was what it was. I'm late to this party. I mean, I just watched Dune, so please excuse me. At least wow. I was, uh, at right. least I watched it. At least Let's I'm go, ready house, for it. Yeah, Chris. House of Trades. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> Chris uh, oh, oof. I know what that means now. <laughs> but yeah, before I talk about my weird Atlanta weekend, I was able to watch Dune during the weekend. If you want to watch it, it's on Netflix, but it's leaving soon. It may have already left. I don't know. I think it's on Max but as Chris, well. Chris was like, Did you, so you're going to read the books now? Or was that you that said that? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, and he basically, Chris was like, you know, all the Harry Potter books, right? Put them together and that's Dune. And I was like, what? <laughs> and that's crazy. It's, a, it's yeah, a big it's, book. It's deep. It's got a lot going on. And I didn't realize the star power of that first movie. Yeah. Everybody that was in it. It was like, wow. So yeah. now I'm excited for Dune 2. So everyone, cool. everyone wants to work for that guy, that director, Dennis Villa, whatever. Like he was the guy who did the Blade Runner movie. Ah, uh, very so, cool. Yeah. He's yeah. very stylized. Uh, and I know, uh, as we're still talking about like shows, did you want to update anybody on, uh, the Oscars or anything like that? Or, or anything that you've learned in the past couple of, since the last episode, I know the Brit awards happen, right? But those usually don't say they kind of give you what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they are a little bit biased, of course, like they typically yeah. do honor their own above all to, you know, Christopher Nolan pretty much swept it. Um, yeah. You know, which is a too shocking, but it does feel like right now, if you're, if you're tracking the Oscars, uh, which should be, I don't think next weekend, but the weekend after maybe could be wrong. Maybe it's this weekend. I don't know. Was it in um, March or February? It's usually at the like the last Sunday of either. It just depends on the year. It's either like the last Sunday of either February or like the first Sunday of March, usually. So we're looking at the 25th or the 3rd because we're yeah. already. Yeah. This is it, bro. But yeah, it seems. I mean, most of them. I mean, it, it would be very shocking right now if Oppenheimer doesn't, for the most part, lead it. Um the the biggest battles actually right now it seems like is actress between Emma Stone and um what's her name Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon but I mean it's been a yeah, pretty Emma, boring that year movie Emma Stone was in oh was poor kind things of one of those yeah yeah uh, I saw some I saw I think I watched highlights of the the Brit Awards and I was like whoa but yeah, yeah it'll be exciting to see uh I know you always get kind of pumped and you try to make sure you know as much about it as you can yeah. Um, one thing that I didn't know about, and this is going to be a tease until I get to it, was something weird that apparently the Atlanta area does. Hmm. Uh, Sean, why were you in Atlanta? Well, uh, Tinley had a cheer competition. It was a big one. It's cheer sport nationals. And that started everything weird because, uh, with her age group, we, we've been used to any parent that has any kid in sport. You kind of know what this means when you, when you have your traditional yearly, uh, thing that you do. Uh, as far as like maybe a tournament or whatever, generally you get into a routine year by year. Well, we got the cheer schedule and she was going to go on late in the day, both days. So it's a two day event, right? At the world Congress center in Atlanta. And we're talking like 10 o'clock late. 
But we found out, secondly, to make this even more weird, is that her award ceremony was going to be like at 11.30 or 11.45 on Sunday. Thank God she had, I was out of school, as most kids were on Monday for President's Day. But that was just, that added the first dose of weird. Second dose, uh, on night one, we go over to the CNN Center to get some food. At like 7.55, the security guard comes around and he's like, hey, you got to go. We're closed. What? Uh, okay. Well, we couldn't just leave. We had to, we got funneled out into like a different road than we came in on. It was just weird. And also, if you haven't been, if you're in the area and you know the CNN Center, it used to be a, a basically like a really nice food court. We're down to like four restaurants there. Really? Uh, a Subway, a, uh, an Arby's, and then like the uh, the wraps place and a, uh, like a Chinese food place. And that's it. It was crazy. So that was also part of the weirdness. Uh, and then also every time we ordered food. So we had Arby's that night and we ended up going to, I forget where else, but then we went to Raisin Cane's. I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. Raisin but this Cane's. is super weird to me. Every time we order, and this happened a few times, and eventually at Raising Canes, I asked the question. Uh, but it was like, hey, do you want, so I got drinks. Do you want ice with that? And I, I was like, huh? And so at first I was like, yes, please, like ice, drink. I get, I get that people in general sometimes, they like to just get their drink. No ice, the drink usually is cold enough. You get more drink, bang for your buck. I get it. But like where we're from, that's never a question. Do you want ice with your drink, right? So, all right, cool. So finally, on day two, Tinley has seen Raising Cane's on social media. And it is like, oh, my God, I can't wait till we can go. We find out one is going to open in Marietta, which would have been, I think, a little better for us. But not till February 29th. So we had promised her leading up to this event that, uh, we'd take her to Raising Cane's. And then we had found out, luckily for us, there was one near the Mall of Georgia, which is near Buford, Georgia, or in Buford, Georgia. So we go to Raising Cane's. That place is packed. So to top off uh, the weirdness, I finally asked, because at that Raising Cane's restaurant, do you want ice? And I look over, and there's a Coke machine, and at first, I was like, well, maybe they're not letting, maybe they've run out of ice over there. But finally, I was like, hey, I got to ask, is this just like a Metro Atlanta thing that goes on? And she's like, yeah, it actually kind of is. It's more weird to us if people want ice. And I was like, well, that's good to know. Don't know when that trend started, but I always want ice. Cool. Uh, quick review of Raising Cane's. It's pretty good. Uh, I had been told that. So for comparison, the chicken fingers are very much like Zaxby's, if you know what that is. Or uh, if you're in the South, there's a, there's a restaurant chain that's called Guthrie's. Okay? Think, think along those lines. And if you don't know what those are, I'm sorry. I don't know any other chicken finger places. Notice I didn't say Chick-fil-A because that's not how it is. But what's cool about Raising Cane's, they have four things on the menu, Chris, four meals. You get the basket, which comes with four strips, fries, slaw, and bread. Or you get the three-piece bra- uh, basket, no slaw. Or you get a sandwich. If you're feeling or the sandwich tray, and then that's if you're feeling like really how, hungry, um, you it? can get eight uh, eight strips. That's kind so of like, like how uh, Guthrie's is. Guthrie's is like kind of very specific, like that too. 
It's like we got a yeah, box and, and we Timmy, got a plate. <laughs> Slim Timmy in chat's correcting me. Yes, it's not a basket, it's a box. And we all like a good box. Uh so what's in the box? We end up getting it. It was pretty it was pretty good. The box comes with uh chicken fingers, fries. They're they're kind of like think smaller crinkle cut fries, if that makes sense. Uh, a coleslaw and then a piece of bread. It's like a buttered both sides of a bread deliciousness. Tilly knew to go ahead and get two pieces of bread instead of the slaw. I didn't. I wanted to get the because on the menu it says our favorite and it's the number one. Uh, I got to say the dipping sauce for the chicken figures is very much in the Zax- Zaxby's realm. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> uh, the place was so busy. How busy the drive-through is oh. set up like is set up like Chick Fil A, where it's a dual drive-through system. You pull around and they bring you stuff. It was to the road. Inside was a line. The inside's not that big to eat, but as I walk in, I fall in love because there's disco balls. Let's add to the weirdness. Spinning in a chicken restaurant. Music is jamming. Good music playlist. And it's like, it's so cool. Uh, I don't know if it was because I was tired, but it, it was cool. So if you've never eaten at Raisin Cane's and you have a chance, give it a go. Uh, I will say that the coleslaw was meh. It was not good to me. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I don't, I'm basic, dude. I can eat KFC coleslaw and be happy. Let me put it to you that way. But uh, good stuff, Chris. Have you ever eaten at a raisin canes? I have not. But I was just thinking, if we get one here in Columbus now, we could actually have like a showdown between. We could get all three of them and then and then rate them. <laughs> right. Nice. I do want to yeah. say, um, you did. Tinley competing did bring this up in my mind and I want to give a shout out because it is an achievement. I have to, I I'm like, I was surprised. I was like for weeks, I've been expecting it to be like, that's the end. But, um, friend of the show, Jeff, right? His oh, son, yeah. his son competes, uh, in wrestling. Like he's a freshman, a freshman and he, it's prep school level. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, Hey, Shaw, um, or, or something, but still, you know, it's still like, you know, very skilled in the fact that he's a freshman. This is impressive. Uh, this past weekend, he just qualified in Orlando. He's going to nationals next week for all prep schools in the country to compete. Yeah. In his weight class. I can't believe that. Well, it's, it's crazy that like, like he's got that going on Yeah, and in his world, that's exactly what Tinley kind of did at cheer sport national. The mm-hmm. team that beat Tenley was from Louisiana. Like this was a precursor. So in the cheer world, what we're in, it, the big thing you shoot for is the Summit Championships, right? It's in Orlando. Think about it. It's called the Summit. It's the top. But it's the best of the best. And it's sort of an elimination style uh, where you everybody competes day one, but not everybody competes day two. You get cut, kind of like a cut line in golf. So. With that said, we had already got our ticket punched for the summit on this particular season. Uh, the only thing is you can either just get a ticket and they say, you can come, but you have to pay. You can't come if they don't tell you you can come. Or you can get a partial or paid bid from Varsity. And that's kind of what we're shooting for in these last competitions. So normally, the summit would be, for you sports fans, like the Super Bowl. The thing that we just did normally would be like the NFC or AFC championship leading up to the Super Bowl. 
So it was, it's a big to do. There was something they said like 30 or 60,000 people expected to attend Dear Lord. at the Georgia Convention Center. And if you've never been to that place, it, it if you could have a video game adventure in that place, it would be lit because it has layers upon layers, escalators, side rooms, <laughs> back hallways. It's so cool. But we made it back safe. Shout out to everybody that I didn't see in Atlanta. Uh, but I did end up, I've never done this to Chris. I don't know what got over me. Mm. I ended up drinking alcohol at this place, hey. <laughs> which I, I never do at your comps, but yeah, mm. I am, I am quite curious though, uh, as we wind down the intro, I, I think more people will have this kind of question from Alejandro. <laughs> Alejandro first said, I have no idea what Sean is talking about when I was yeah. talking about chicken and I mentioned Zaxby's. He goes on to say, is Zaxby's a Marvel character? <laughs> uh, oh, that's yeah, so cool. It is definitely a very, uh, you know, regional thing, right? It, it is. And I'm trying to think. I feel like I know. I don't know all, but I know some regional or national chicken chains, you know? Yeah. That serve like chicken fingers. I thought Zaxby's was pretty big. Uh, but if you're on the West Coast, they might not be over there. I didn't think about that. I mean, I feel like of of Southern chicken places that aren't Popeyes or KFC, the the go to is Chick fil A. Like Chick fil A. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it yeah, it's it is what it is. But it was fun. I'd go back. Uh, I'd give it a second go for sure. Mm. Speaking of giving it a second go, we got to talk about this John character because now we just have to carry the rest of the show. <laughs> you know, while he's off gallivanting, you know. Yeah. Getting a tour of Italy and breadsticks with that delicious Alfredo dipping sauce. He's like, Mama Mia. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Mama <laughs> Mia. <laughs> but yeah, if you're ready to talk about what we're playing, Chris, and if you're done, I'm done, man. Let's do this. Gentlemen, it's that time of the of the show. We tell you what we're playing. Uh, I'm going to assume John played Dishonored or Bioshock this week. Sure, uh, and maybe played some God of War, even though he hated picking things off of tree trees on the back of some sort of horse like creature. But Chris, why don't you lead us off this week, man, and tell us, you know, what you've been uh, what you've been playing this past week? Sure. Uh, so, as of four thirty this afternoon. I have platinumed The Last of Us Part 2. So that is been oh, man. the ball. If I it. had a, <laughs> a celebration sound effect, I'd play that right now. That's legit. Burr, 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 burr. Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, just a really fun trip down memory lane. Like quickly, it that game stands up very much so. I don't know if I could say like... You know, do you absolutely need to pay ten bucks more to get the definitive version of of The Last of Us Part Two? No, I mean I don't think it, like you're gonna see some huge leap in terms of graphic fidelity. I think the biggest thing is gonna be the frame rate, obviously, right? It's gonna just work. And I don't know if you could play like the PS4 version with it running 
um, at a higher frame rate. But you know, regardless, um, it, yeah, it plays great. Uh, has a, a bunch of cool little optional additions if you want to do it, like where you can do these uh, early development levels. You can go through and do things like um, uh, what you call it, no return, which is kind of like a little bit of a horde mode, horde slash rogue. It seems like I didn't really dabble with it. I just looked at it and was like, huh, okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah, story-wise, like coming back to it and being free of all the drama of it and everything, it's, I, I stand up and I say like, that is one of the best tellings of a story I've ever seen in a video game. Uh, and it, it's definitely got me hyped to see what they do with the season two. I'm sure everyone who's never <laughs> played the game and has watched this TV show is really going to love uh, some of the things that happen in this season, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll let them get to that when they get there. Uh, but yeah, real fun time. Uh, as far as smaller things that I'll just give a shout out to, cause it's like seven bucks. I think it's made by one dude. Uh, there's a game on steam called the Norp Apropog or something like that. I don't, I can't remember the full name right now. Um, cause I haven't looked at it in a couple of days. But it's just like this little thing where it's like it's it's almost like the level of graphics is almost like 80s style computer, right? Like just minimalistic as you can get, you know, like with the black background and then white tracings for buildings and things like that, right? And it's a basic thing. You have these things called norps, right? There's a rock. When they hit the rock, the rock shoots out stuff. They go and they pick this up and they put it into this building and it gives them material. And then as they get material, they can start building more buildings, which unlocks different ways for them to hit this rock to generate more things. And you can build people, you know, uh, buildings to help uh, organize norps into being collectors, right? And it starts out very simple and basic. And the whole entire idea is you're trying to build the pile up. Of, of like how much damage you do to the rock to create the pile to have these things called compulsion events happen where the pile goes all the way back down and then it gets harder to get it going as high and high again, right? Like there starts to be secondary factors that come into it. It starts out very simple. By the end of this game, I, I mean like it takes multiple runs. You have to prestige it to basically bank talent points. You prestige, you take those back, you put them into your talent pool and now you're able to do like more damage from the start as far as opposed to having to uh, build up, uh, you know, as slowly as you do the very first time. But by the end of this game, Sean, I had Norps that were literally dropping bombs from the sky, like shooting fireworks. Um, <laughs> I had a Norp with like, and the Norps are like this big, like for scale. Sean on the screen. They're like this big. I have one that had a Gatling gun where the, like the thing went up this high. And then like whenever he's firing, I just watch him start getting pushed all the way back from the, from like the, <laughs> the impact of the gun. Um, yeah. you know, like you have crazy science stuff. I mean, like I wish I had taken a screenshot and, um, just to give an idea of like how crazy it looks on screen. But like towards the end of this, you're just like, wow. And it's a cool game. What I, why I did it is like it's a game that isn't made for you to consistently 
be doing stuff, right? It's a game. I call it, it's a perfect at work game. Like literally I put this on my ROG ally and I will come in cause it's just point and click. That's all you're doing. And I'll sit there and set up like the initial stuff and I'll let go and then just minimize it. And then eventually come back maybe 20 minutes later and I've built up X amount of resource and things have happened. So I'm like, okay, let's spend this. Let's start doing this. And you can just do this throughout the day. But it's so fun to like when you actually get to those higher levels, like start looking at it and you're like, how do I start putting synergy of like certain right. things to get the pile to go higher, higher and keep getting to the to the end game? Uh, and it's fun. Like I said, like one guy made this game and it's like eight bucks. And it's like that that's kind of proof to me like, hey, you can have a cool concept that totally delivers and it's not the biggest game in the world. Right. You know, but you can get hours of entertainment out of it. If, if you know without having to do nine million things and be some expert thing uh and then oh yeah the final thing and i'm probably gonna regret this and it's gonna be a very no long... you're not no you're not because you sent me an im already this morning you're all in buddy <laughs> i've uh started and coming off the last of us i was like well i've i've, I've platinum the game that i think as i said has the best story from the last 10 years now I'm going to platinum the game that is just the best game that I have on PlayStation that I played primarily on PlayStation. Most people don't know that. That, uh, that was a fun fact for me to find yeah, out. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I got it when I got my PS4 pro, if I recall. So that was the reason oh. why. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I have decided to attempt to platinum the Witcher three which is workable for me because one, I still had my save from PS4, which had oh, my yeah, did. <laughs> had my end game character, not my not my highest end game character. I'm not sure what happened to that save. I couldn't find that. But one that at least was through the base game and everything. Um I could have I could have gone the route mm. of maybe before I started this of doing some more stuff just to get myself some more power ups before starting it. But I said, no, no, let's just go with the pure. So I did new game plus. And the big thing with this, Sean, is I have to, I have to beat the game on the highest difficulty, which is uh death March, which like the big thing with this is, um, unlike other versions of it, when you meditate. So like, you know, think of it like, you know, just, yeah, Assassin's Creed or anything. We meditate in, in every other difficulty, your your health will automatically replenish. Here, no. So you have to have potions, have food, have things to to get Easy that health. Easy first try, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's sorry. I mean, like, there's definitely been a couple of moments where I've died and it hasn't gone well. But already, I'm I've got a synergy going down with my build and like you know understanding what I need to do and getting back into it. I've already gotten out of the first starting area, which is uh white run, so now it's just going through and doing a lot of objectives and things like that uh but you know i th- I figure it's you know it's been nine years since the Witcher three came out Isn't and that crazy, and I haven't like while I've played it God. sporadically on p c and things like that. It it has been a long time since I've actually gotten to the the meaty parts of the game, which are much later in the story, obviously. So, dude, when you say something like nine years since Witcher three, yeah, 
Maybe. That's one of those things that just hits me. I knew you then, and I knew you played that game. And how is that already? How long have we known each other? Yeah. Now, Jeez. I'm going to go and say this is not going to be something that is at the forefront. Like, obviously, all right, we right. we all know that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming next week. That will yes. obviously be where my attention goes to, and I'll probably some point this weekend play. Luckily, Mike already played it for us, so he kind of told. Me and you, it's like, hey, the DLC for it is like four hours if you just want. You didn't it. tell me that. Oh, you might not have been in the room yet when he said that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. Yeah. Well, and also, it was four hours for him. What does that mean for you and me? <laughs> oh, I think. I, I mean, like, I think I saw that online. Like, if you just want to beat it, it's it's not too long. I love beat. What? Hello. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. What about you, Sean? Uh, I'm kind of boring. Uh. <laughs> to kind of pick back up on the Atlanta weekend, uh, I had a decision to make because I knew after day one, that day two was going to have a lot of uh, downtime uh, just because the way the day was going to set up. So I said I could bring a book or just my phone and like watch TikTok or I could take either the Nintendo Switch, which is perfect for these kind of situations. And then I saw the PlayStation Portal. The portal was not charged, which was a eh. Uh, and then, but I charged it. But then I thought, oh man, in that in that convention center, it's very crowded and people are on a network kind of together. So I said it probably wouldn't work as well. Then I'll just take the switch. Well, lo and behold, when I hooked up to the switch, the system was flawlessly fast because the servers were ready for the traffic, so the portal would have been good. Uh, but I played Golf Story. Uh, I, I, I I was going to try to play Metroid, but for some reason I remembered. I was like, I just want to play some Golf Story. So if you I haven't know. played that in a while, or if you remember it, it's it's a it's still a fun game. It, it's got elements of a bunch of games that we like, and the golf is really fun in it. Uh, but that's not really what I've been focused on. That was just a shout out to you know that. Uh, for me, Chris just brought it up on the 29th. The new Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out. Woo-hoo. Which means I've got to finish Final Seven, Final Fantasy Seven remake, and I'm, I'm pretty darn close. You uh, are. I I entered the last. Everybody's watching me or know like Chris just said they can tell I'm there, uh, and it's it's been a it amazes me. And this is only the first of the three planned games. Yeah. Uh, how how much, how much content there is, and how when you think you've met. Everybody that's going to be in your story, you meet someone else. And it, it kind of happens a few times through just this story, which means it's going to happen again. Uh, I still don't quite understand. Now, keep in mind, uh, listeners and chat, I never played the original seven or the whatever seven. Like, I've never played them. <laughs> I don't know anything about the story. Sure. So I'm like, I'm like, Sephiroth, why does he just show up? Who is he? Why are certain people scared of him? Why does Cloud's head hurt when he sees him? What is going on? Uh, and also, there's been like this, uh, I don't know, these flashbacks where I think it's showing Tifa also with Sephiroth. I don't know. My voice is high because I have questions. My name is Ron Burgundy, and I don't know what's going on. All I do know is I laugh out loud when Barrett is being Barrett. Barrett's great. Uh, Barrett's so there's a nod, and I learned this. So I'm at this point where let's just say the old game, you didn't have a choice, and the mm-hmm. choice would be either stairs or an elevator in my game. Previous game, it was stairs. So 
it is what it is. But you literally have to run up all of the stairs. And during that, if you pick it in the on this version, let's just say Barrett is classic Barrett throughout the whole thing. So it's been fun. If you're getting geared up and getting excited to play Rebirth, uh, you know, we're going to definitely want to hear that. A lot of times we elicit you guys to write in. At least if you ever pay attention to the show notes, we try to say, hey, let us know what you're playing. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Uh, but yeah, we'd like to see if you're getting excited about that. I was thinking about uh, which version of the game I'm going to get. And then I think I can only kind of get just the normal version. I think I've missed, mm. or at least I didn't look hard enough to find any like collector's editions of it or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm going to be a day one on a Final Fantasy game, which I'm trying. Was I technically a day one for 16? No, I don't think I was. I think I bought it day one, but I really didn't play it till later. Yeah. Um, I I think for 14, the online version, I think I was day one, but that was from a big push from my friend Mike. But this one I'm like excited for, which is super cool. Now uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting what the hype is about the Final Fantasy games. What's up, Chris? Now I just want to prepare you that this is remake, and yeah, this is probably a good time to remind you that this is directed by the same dude who did Kingdom Hearts. So some really, True. really weird things <laughs> in the way the game was in the beginning is not how what you're about to experience. But uh, just be prepared and just just go like, yeah, there'll probably be 95 things that make no sense, but we'll just go with it because it's seven. It's, it is, I do know particularly in, in Remake concerning some, this thing that happens with Aerith. I'm yeah. saying names now that you should know about. Didn't happen in the original game, but they tied it in. And I can say from being a fan that has never played anything, it it flows nicely. Now, you may be disjointed and thrown off if, you, if you're if you a fan of the series and not know what it is, but sure, it is what it is. I actually, I wanted to give a shout out too, because we're getting close to wrapping up what we're playing, uh, to anyone who basically stops by either myself's stream uh, or Chris's streams. Uh, Chris does try to pop on and... Uh, entertain you guys to the best of his ability and i've noticed in chat and in other emails you know uh whether it be myself or chris you guys kind of get inspired on what we're playing and you end up buying games and stuff which i think is super cool and that's kind of why we do it uh so yeah i'm I, i'm going to try to stream my ending of seven and that dlc that chris talked about mm-hmm. because uh you may not know this you may not know this out there uh, if you you probably do if you're a fan of seven, but just say you're not. Let's just say you want to you're getting caught up in the hype and you want to play Rebirth and maybe you're playing Remake for the first time. It's going to come with some DLC. And if you finish Remake and play the DLC, you get something special for Rebirth. Yeah, summons basically. Yeah, which is I think going to be an advantage. Yeah. What Chris just said was summons. You should know what that is if you're a Final Fantasy. I'm, I'm fan. guessing uh, John would say question yeah what is a summons <laughs> i'm gonna guess that if you don't play you'll probably be able to get both of those regardless i would be very surprised right because they definitely this is in one like where they're very stingy about them like they're there yeah you, you should know? probably get them early yeah i think that's the bigger thing early. yeah <coughs> so yeah also uh and we'll get more actually in one of the first news pieces so this may be a good lead-in i purchased if you don't take advantage of this, whether it be on 
any uh, of our consoles that we talk about, or maybe even in Steam, if you don't wish list things, right, you don't really get notified efficiently when things go on sale. And that's kind of a rule of thumb I have for PSVR 2 games and PSVR games. I try to get them on sale uh, because they're generally not the longest games ever, right? So save yourself a little money. And I did that with a game called Hubris. This game came out back in June. Uh, and there's a couple of people I watch concerning like VR news on the YouTube. And uh, I was reminded on how good of a single player experience that is from an adventure kind of RPG standpoint. Not too long a game, not too short. You know, so I picked it up. So hopefully by next, I think next week I'll be able to tell you about that game. Uh, but yeah, we'll kind of leave it there because I don't want to say too much more about Sony and PSVR 2 because we'll have some stuff to talk about as we go to news. So, uh, oh, I do want to say in our chat, I don't know if you're still here. I am the king. Uh, You said this was very interesting. We do try our best to bring out first-time chatters on Twitch. So hello and welcome. If if you'd like, hit that follow button. That'd be cool. Uh, Chris, we got a question real quick from JT. Have uh, you guys played Banishers? No. I have not. What is what is Banishers? Uh, I believe it's a horror game, if I recall. Is it a VR horror game? Or maybe that was the art thing that came out today. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but I saw like reviews drop for it earlier this week. But oh, it just, okay, it, it just didn't. I don't know. Like it wasn't our cup of tea. You don't think? Maybe it wasn't John? something. It wasn't something I was looking forward to or like running to to get. Um, but yeah, I have seen it. It has gotten good Steam reviews. Uh. The one that I'm, I've, I will say, I feel the most regret for, and I've said this before, is Helldivers Two. I yeah, really, we need to play that. Like, what are we doing? I really want to play it, but like, I'm not sure if John put in the news. Like, just that game is blowing up so much larger than they thought, and they're <laughs> yeah. struggling just to get it to work. Yeah. Like, I'm like, like we don't I, have enough servers. Yeah, they can't save things. <laughs> but I'm really glad that it's doing that well. Like. That team deserves all the love. Like the first Hell Divers was a great game. Uh, so you know, props Hear, to them. Hearsay. <laughs> no. Uh, Chris, are you pretty good right now on what you're playing? I'm yeah. in a good spot. Cool. So now we know what time it is. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the show where we tell you all the hottest news that we can possibly give you, Uh, and it even has been updated since we originally got our news docket, but Chris is going to lead us off this week uh, with all things that we've heard about Sony. Yeah, there was a lot um, that came out (laughs) here, like, and it casually came out, most of it, like, at, like, 7 a.m., on Wednesday morning, <laughs> I was just like at work refreshing and stories kept popping like, off. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, but Sony held a financial call last week and spoke to various news outlets and afterwards where it revealed the following one, the PlayStation five did not meet its lofty sales expectations with Sony updating their forecast to 21 million from 25 million. Additionally, Sony senior vice president, uh, Naomi, Matsuko stated that the company now expects the sales pace of the PS5 to start falling for the next physical year as the PlayStation 5 has entered the latter half of its development cycle. 
on top of that, Sony Interactive uh, Entertainment CEO Hiroki Totoki, uh, I don't know if I said that right, states Sony will not release any new entries in major existing PlayStation franchising uh, franchises, meaning franchises similar to God of War or Spider-Man, before April 2025. Uh, Totoki also offered impressions on Sony's need to cut development costs going forward, specifically concerning Bungie. Originally, I think like when he talked about this, it was kind of vague, but then they came back today and said, like, no, he actually, there was a mistranslation. He was talking directly about Bungie, apparently, in this. And he said, quote, people who work in the studios are very highly motivated. They're very good people and they're very creative people. They have great creative minds and they also have knowledge about live streaming. However, having said that, when it comes to the business itself, I think there is room for improvement. And that has to do with how do you use your money or about the schedule of development or how to fulfill one's accountability towards development. Those are my frank impressions. So I will continue to engage in dialogue with the people so we can find the right way to proceed. And finally, according to Serkin Toto, the CEO of Catan Games, uh, quote, there seems to be a broad consensus in the game industry that Sony is indeed preparing a launch of a PlayStation 5 Pro in the second half of 2024. He went on to say Sony will make will want to make sure to have a great piece of hardware ready when GTA 6 hits in 2025, a launch that will be a shot in the arm for the entire gaming industry. It's also been suggested that this will not cause a price cut for the original PS5 due to pressures on the company's margins. Uh, Sean, that, that's a lot right there. A lot of yeah, info. That is. A any any thoughts on any of this? Are you going <clears> to <throat> buy a PS5 Pro? Yeah, I'll... Yes, to answer that question specifically. So, uh, what got me the most, I think, it was not, and I'll, I'll touch on this, I'll, I'll get all through this quick, but it wasn't that they're not going to release any new entries uh, for for existing franchises. That that can be PR speak, but they probably actually mean it. But what gets me is that how they say, and I, I read a lot of people's, whether it be the Reddit or uh, Twitter or wherever you find that people talked about this thing I'm about to say is how the PS5 is already in the latter half of its cycle. And people were losing their minds hearing that and processing it. And the reason is because if you think about it, the console came out during a pandemic. And for a lot of people, it was very hard to get. So when you think about this console already being in the latter half of its cycle, people are like, wait, what? I just got it. Or at least you feel that way. And there hasn't been a ton of games like that we're bit, we've been used to. Yeah, games come out on it, but I think you know what I mean when I say that. So I, I got to agree that that part kind of was like, this is what we're doing? We're already on the last? But the latter half could mean multiple years from now. It doesn't necessarily mean like a year from now. Uh, I did. I, it did make me a little worried going into that about the, uh, the franchises. Uh, you don't really like to hear that because those franchises are talking about are potential system sellers uh that they're basically saying we're not going to worry about that for another year uh i know and we we've talked about bungie before so that news didn't really throw me off uh 
what I did, what did concern me as being a PSVR two owner, it was kind of like, okay, so how do we spin this? And luckily, there's somebody that I trust tremendously that has insider information that I watch on YouTube. That unlike John's insider information, where he says like the new Zelda's coming out confirmed on the Nintendo Direct, and it never does. This guy always does. His name is Mateo three one one, I think, on YouTube. He's legit. And he is VR guy. And he spits truth like he really does. Uh, He said that this announcement doesn't rule out new VR stuff, which kind of gave me hope uh, because a lot of stuff that's not out on VR that comes out on VR generally isn't AAA titles from major studios with existing franchises. So that I'm going to hold on to that because, man, the PSVR 2 is good. Uh, But what. When I'm kind of like, God, we're going to have to buy a PS5 Pro if it comes out, Chris. That's just what we do. Uh, and we're going to be asking ourselves, do we really need this and why? So like you said, this was a lot of stuff that went on. Uh, and me being you know, someone who, who pays attention to Sony, and I know in our chat and other people who listen, PC Master Race guys, they're like, I don't, I don't care. Let, whatever. Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh I get it, but this is big news for gamers in the Sony PlayStation world. So I'll now hit this back. We're playing pickleball, and I just hit it back to you, buddy. Yeah, I think um, I'm just going to go and say, like, I these first three stories, in a way, there's kind of a common underlying thread to me, which is that the industry is changing, and it's coming quite fast in different ways for, for each of the big three. Right. They each kind of have something that they're having to address and and like, you know, some trepidation. And like the big thing for Sony is like he kind of gets to it a little bit with what he's talking about with Bungie. Right. Where it's like these studios are not necessarily always hitting their timelines. Like it's easy to forget this now. Like Sony, because of the pandemic, missed like while we've had so many good games like of years of them right like kind of spread out the last couple of years is because like you know god of war got delayed rising got delayed spider-man 2 got delayed you know uh just just a lot of that kind of stuff even like going back to right before the uh, launch of um ps5 last of us part 2 got delayed and it's like becoming this thing where a lot of their big stuff is taking not even five years now some of it seems to be taking six years. And I think like Sony, what they're looking at is they're starting to see the, like the margin of profit that they are making as a company for how long it takes with these things. Because like, you know, just think of like a game taking four years versus six years and you have a staff of 200, right? That is two additional years of salary you're paying out before you ever recoup an expense on this, which makes it, Kind of like Sony feels like this thing of like almost like the stock market back in 2008 where it's it's not so much that they're not confident in their games. I think they're very confident in their games. They're worried of what happens if one doesn't hit the level that we think it's going to hit. And that seems to be like their worry right now of like what they're trying to figure out. And that's why you're seeing like, hey, there's a PlayStation 5 and we're not going to cut the price up PlayStation 5 Pro and we're not going to cut the play the price of the PlayStation five. Cause I don't think they really feel like they can afford to, you know, and 
as a result. Which is so weird. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's like, it makes me wonder two things. One, how much is the PlayStation 5 Pro going to cost? Right. You know, 600 for a PlayStation 4 Pro. I imagine it's going to be more. So are we talking $650, $700 to get the kind of upgrade that feels worth it? Because then I start going, Yeah. I can put that towards a PC. Yeah, exactly. Like you know what at, I mean? And have that a point, good building block for a good PC. And it it's like I, I kind of like when you hear all this stuff, you're like, okay, maybe that's why Xbox isn't doing it, because they just don't think it's worth it from their standpoint, because you know, they're gonna obviously sell less than PlayStation does to begin with, right? So if you've got that problem already, like why why would you even take the time to and the cost, right? To to get a very marginal return uh, on that. Like, that's what I think they're thinking at this point, but I don't know. Like, it's a very interesting time. Like, and I have to say like the biggest thing we didn't, I didn't put in here, but the, the success of hell divers, I would want to think that Sony is going to do two things in the near future. They're going to start putting the bulk of these things that they have day and date on PC. Cause now they see just how much it can bring. Like we could talk about like, separating them out right but the honest truth is if horizon zero dawn three whatever we're calling it is if that's the release date that's when it owns the zeitgeist in gaming whenever that day is and it will be way more popular to the people on steam who do not have a ps5 on day one than it will two years later when it's just another release that's coming out right i think you're gonna see a lot more of that coming down there. And I think you're going to see kind of what you've already seen here with PlayStation this year, which is they are going to go back up a Brinks truck to get exclusives from third-party publishers until they can actually get to the point where, you know, they, they actually have their stuff ready. Because I'm I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a wave. We, we had this back when this podcast first started where we had this lull of, like, no Sony first-party titles and all of a sudden we got to Uncharted and like for the next six years, it was just this amazing wave. I think we're probably going to be like that again, like probably till 2025, 2026, there'll be some struggling for Sony and they'll go buy third party things and make them exclusive. And then well, we'll get this huge wave again. You know, I, I think you're right. And, and now I know anyone could counter me uh, and yeah. say for whatever I'm about to say there, this happened, but before Uncharted was Uncharted, they had released it as a new IP or a new game. Mm. So I think, like you said, there's some truth to what you, what you just said is they're kind of banking that they have some things, maybe not major existing franchises, but some things they have some faith in. Yeah. And they hope that one of those blossoms into a new franchise for sure, uh, you know, entry. And then that carries them over to the plans they have for the next year or two. uh, And for the PS five pro and all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Good, good stuff and a lot of information. So, uh, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on that, please write in a weekly games chat. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. But as we should do, as we talk about PlayStation balance, we should now talk about Xbox and we have Green. some updates. Uh, it, Xbox, and there, if you wanted a link to this podcast that we're going to refer to, hey, uh, it's on the interwebs, of course, but also if you're part of our Discord community, boom, it's right there in the general section. Uh, but Xbox revealed on its, uh, or sorry, revealed its vision of the future <laughs> in a podcast that featured Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond, and Matt Booty. The update, and fun note real quick, 
from the side angle of Matt Booty, I commented to Chris that he kind of liked John. Chris laughed and said, how funny would that be if John found out that you called him Matt Booty? <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, the update confirmed that four games will be releasing on other platforms, although those titles were not officially announced. Uh, Phil actually held close to the pocket there. Mm-hmm. It is still believed that Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Grounded, and Pentiment are still among them. Phil was forced to confirm that there were no plans to release Indiana Jones and Starfield to release on other platforms. Here's a quote. To ensure long-term success for both Xbox and the industry as a whole, we must continue to evolve. Today we announced that we will expand the communities we reach. We are currently in the process of bringing four Xbox games to other platforms. These are the titles which have been available on Xbox players for at least a year, including hidden gems that deserve to be experienced more widely and live service games whose communities will benefit from welcoming even more players. We will share more details on these titles soon. The update also confirmed that, I believe Sarah confirmed this, that Diablo 4 will be coming to Game Pass with more to come in the future with Xbox confirming its commitment to the service saying that, quote, Game Pass will continue to only be available on Xbox platforms and will have all first-party games available on day one, end quote. However, Diablo 4 was later confirmed to be coming to Game Pass with the exception of the Xbox Game Pass core catalog. You can see that platform still has difficulty with accurate communication. The team confirmed currently 34 million subscribers to the service. No longer myself. I probably need to fix that and tighten that up. Chris, your thoughts on everything you saw from the uh, Xbox official podcast with Phil, Sarah, and Matt. You had one more uh, line there, buddy. Oh, totally didn't scroll down, so you need to hold on a second, sir. Uh, (laughs) Regarding hardware, this was very important. I was going to bring that up, and I don't have to anymore. The team stated, quote, Xbox hardware will continue to be a flagship experience for players and for game developers to launch games on with a robust and innovative multi-year hardware roadmap, including more console and controller options for you this holiday. Xbox will continue to make hardware going forward. I think that is good. So now, Chris, I will let you kind of unpack everything I just read to you about your beloved Xbox. And you know what? I like Xbox too, dude. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, for those who are wondering why they did not announce the titles on there, um, literally not the next story, but the story afterwards, I'm about 99% certain is probably where those titles or a number of it, those titles will probably be revealed. Um, uh, just, just a guess, you know, and an, it's like, it was pretty clear when you were watching this, that they did not want to be there. They did not want to be doing this. I think like, Obviously, I think their idea was they were going to let where these titles were supposed to be announced be announced. And then I'm guessing they were going to just put out an Xbox Wire thing saying like, hey, this is our new direction. Um, It's not too shocking because they've been moving towards this. If you just think of like Ori, Cuphead, right? Of course, they've had Minecraft everywhere. Um, Things like that. It makes sense, especially for Sea of Thieves and Grounded that you put them there. And yeah, it makes sense also for something like Hi-Fi Rush, which I think could have a very large Japanese audience, but like Japanese 
gamers do not have Xbox and they do not play on Xbox. That's just the fact. So why not put that there? Pentiment. That's nice that Pentiment's moving on <laughs> to somewhere else because it was a very highly received game. Um, but you know, I think this is kind of showing like, yeah, they're probably going to be going down this road a lot more. I don't think Starfield's coming anytime soon. Like there's been some people speculating on that. I think more so if any really big title is going to be released it eventually uh, in the near future, like the next two years, it probably would be Annie Jones just because it is a Disney property, right? And Disney might be like, we want this game in as many places as we can get it right to make as much money as possible. So there might be a thing of like, Hey, yeah, you get it for a year and then we need you to put it elsewhere or else like, let's go find a publisher to put it elsewhere for you. Right. If you don't want to put your name on their box. Um, I think if you were looking at where we're probably going in the near future, as far as upcoming titles that we know are coming this year, the one that makes the most sense that I would say probably you could probably count on a year after it's release going elsewhere would be Hellblade 2. I mean, Sony originally was the one who released Hellblade, and I don't think that game's not going to sell 30 million units, right? Like, no matter where it is. Like, it's a smaller this game. This just in, Hellblade <laughs> sells 74 right. million units. <laughs> That's probably what will happen now. It's like, define a generation, Hellblade. Uh, <laughs> But, like, you know, that makes sense. And I do think, like, though, over time, probably as we get closer and closer to the next generation, again, the things like, yes, you will see more and more and more things. Now, will they ever get to the point where they decide to go and put things like Fable, Forza, Gears, or Halo on there? That, I don't know. That might be a while till we get there. But, like, they'll have questions. Like, for instance, just something like whenever the next Doom game comes out, something that was traditionally multi-platform. Obviously, I think that game is going to launch as an exclusive to Xbox, but I don't know where it's going to be, you know, a year or maybe two years after its release, if they would consider putting it elsewhere. Maybe not today, but I definitely think in a couple of years, yes, that's probably very likely that they'll start doing that. And I will not be surprised if they get to a point where they feel very confident in their cloud structure and everything, like probably not this generation, but next generation, they may get to a point where they start putting these things out day and release for the exact same reasons I just said with Sony on PC, like the they might go ahead and do it on you know putting on playstation and switch or whatever the next switch is because they want to you know make as much money as they can it's a it's about trying you know this this is all about the industry trying to figure out how to make this affordable to the companies where they don't feel like they're risk up and leveraged in a way where it can be hurting this like xbox is now literally earning more from microsoft than windows is That's a big deal. That's why you're seeing this. This is why they're pressing this. And you need to understand that as to where they're going. I will say it made me happy that they went ahead and confirmed we're getting some new hardware. Uh, Rumor is, from everything you keep saying, is that they're targeting 2026 because they're trying to do kind of like how the Xbox 360 did and get ahead of Sony. Uh, And there's been rumors of maybe a handheld. So I don't know about that. But, you know, we'll see. They have one of those. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> a raw ally or a Steam Deck can get Game Pass and you're good. Yeah, I I am just happy though that like 
for all the the web doom and gloom for the last week, I was like, yeah, it ended up kind of really not being much. You know, that was the. It wasn't. Thing. Yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> could completely panic people. Uh, I, I made a joke just then about you know the, the Xbox already has a handheld, but I what's killing me is I not killing me. That's not the right word, but like what I see and what my gut's telling me is that like if you picture a dial mm-hmm. where like the favor was in PlayStation. And yeah, they sold more consoles, but they're not even happy with that. And they're misstepping left and right, it seems. Meanwhile, Xbox is making the right moves, saying the right things, but the Dow hasn't really, the dial hasn't really moved. No, it hasn't. But I feel like it slowly might be about to start moving to more of a balanced. But like you said, that the the dial is so big that it might take a year or two for them to build this ecosystem of gamers that they talked about um i will say uh it made me want to retire from being on a podcast the smoothness that their podcast went from their q a person to the way phil just so smoothly was able to multitask and answer a question on multi-levels yeah the full remember what to get back to i know that it was probably all rehearsed chris yes and (laughs) I, those questions were not off the fly, but even so, it didn't feel that way. It yeah. felt very natural. And and notice one thing about Phil when he speaks: there's no like likes or ums or yeah. anything like that. It is it is not a wasted sentence. Now, Sarah and Matt, there were some ums and some likes and stuff, but it was it was weird to see all three of them. But it was also a very cool watch. And again, just a reminder: we do have it linked in our Discord chat under general if you want to see it yeah um i am excited that the one thing i'll comment on is bringing diablo 4 to game pass for sure makes me excited because i don't know why i say this out loud why it makes sense but to me that it leads a shows a path on how they can work with blizzard to maybe bring world of warcraft to to game pass or to know. xbox which would be, listen, Sony did it, not Sony, but Square did it with Final Fantasy. They've, they've never been afraid to have 11 or 14 on another console. 11, I think, was on the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. 14 has been on the PlayStation, right? And it just adds the users to the... Sure. It just, it's more people able to play the game. Think about how many people... Now, there'll be the PC Master Race out there that jokes about this. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you why. Having gotten to play World of Warcraft because they don't have a computer that can run it. QN, the 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 voices that say, you don't need a big computer to play World of Warcraft. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean. So that that's what made me the most excited. Also, hearing that they're not giving up on hardware because of the ideology that they believe the best experience will always be holding an Xbox controller with Xbox hardware playing an Xbox game is always going to be the best experience. And I think that's important to say out loud. I kind of wish Sony would say things like that about their stuff. They're just like, no, here's some more headphones we barely tell you well, about, and they're $300. I guess like to to say the other side of it is that you don't hear the mega criticisms. Like you, if you notice, like Phil didn't really say specific things and wouldn't commit to anything. 
Like, you know, he's like, I'm not going to say any game can't not end up there because he's done right. it in the past because he's been so right. transparent. And when their plans change, everyone's like, see, this guy's just a liar. He's just like everyone else, you know? And it's like Sony on the other hand, is just like, we don't tell you anything. We just at all. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, so they don't ever get burned is, is the argument. Maybe like, you know, uh, and Nintendo's maybe. the same way. Like Nintendo doesn't say yeah. anything. They don't have to. I, I know and that that could be why. As I watched that, I yeah. it was a breath of fresh air. I don't know how to explain it. I didn't get much out of it. Uh, well, I mean, there were some things confirmed, but it wasn't like I yeah. don't know. It, it was just a cool watch, and I suggest that if you uh you got time to watch it, it's pretty dope. But Chris, mm-hmm. one thing we have learned about something that's Sony related is the sales of Spider Man Two. Yeah, uh, Spider Man Two has hit another sales milestone with 10 million copies sold. As of February 4th, uh, we previously learned that the game was the fastest-selling PlayStation Studios game over a 24-hour period with 2.5 million. The game went to sell 5 million in just 11 days. Uh, but, you know, as I said before, and I totally missed that John had this in here, so that's on me. <laughs> uh, you know, Sony is not expected to release any first-party uh, titles until April of next year at least. Uh, Sean. Why have you not played Spider-Man 2? <laughs> I knew that was going to be the question. It was very cool as I think about Spider-Man generally once every other day or every other other day. Why is that, Sean? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Jordan 1s. And huge. every time I put the Jordan 1s on and I wear them to work, mm-hmm. I think of Miles Morales. And then I think of, why haven't I finished that game? Which then goes into, you need to play Spider-Man 2. That's what Sean's brain tells him. When he sees this and thinks of this, uh, great news, great game. Um, yeah, and this is the kind of stuff that why I will scratch my head on why why would they why would they come out and say that? It blows my it something's going on, man. There's something strange in the neighborhood, man. I'm just saying. But Chris, unlike myself, you played Spider Man too, and I'm sure this doesn't surprise you at all, right? Yeah, uh, I'm very happy for them. Um, you know. Again, this goes back into it just to bring up again, like Spider-Man is another game where it took longer than expected. So they were 30 million over budget. So they had to hit 7 million before they made money. And you see, you know, like they made 10, they did it. But <laughs> this is the reality of like where Sony's at. Like Sony's kind of almost like square, except they actually do hit the very lofty high numbers uh, every single time. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm glad to see they hit it. Uh, I'm still really sad that apparently all their plans got leaked, but I can't say that I'm going to lie that I'm very much anticipating all the upcoming titles tied around Spider-Man. And I guess really just like Insomniac's Marvel universe or whatever you want to call it at this point, you know, video game universe. I don't know. The yeah. MVU. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> the MGU Marvel Games Universe. There we go. Let's go with that. That that works. Yeah, instead of the yeah. Okay, I can go with that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How do we pivot this? We don't, Chris. We just we just say we're going to talk about Nintendo now. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've got a uh, a showcase, but we've also got a potential delay here. Uh, of concern, yeah. Sean. Bloomberg reports that Nintendo. This is my, is, I read this. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do. Yeah, that's why. 
I just thought it was like, I mean, no. I just let you read it. Totally yeah. not a pro move. Because you got to read Alan Wake. I don't want to read Alan Wake. I don't know anything about Alan Wake. You got to read That's that. That's your gym. Fair. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're pros. Remember when I said how pro Phil was? This he, They didn't do this. We don't need Nintendo that. Nintendo Partner Showcase <laughs> among rumors of a delay, just like Chris just said. Bloomberg reports that Nintendo has informed publishers it has delayed the release of the Switch's successor to the first quarter of 2025. Apparently next year we're going to be broke. Right. The follow-up to the seven-year-old console was anticipated to be released by Q4 of this year. No concrete reason was given for the delay. Nintendo refused to comment on the report, but has announced its first Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase of 2024. The event will take place on February 21st at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. So, for podcast-only listeners, that's like right now if you downloaded it on release day. Uh, If not, everyone else, you got to check it out on YouTube. Uh, to the Twitch viewers and listeners, you you already you got the, the up and up. You know what's up. The program will feature around 25 minutes of info on Nintendo Switch games that are set to arrive in the first half of 2024 from Nintendo's publishing and development partners. No further details were provided on what will be showcased. However, one can speculate that Nintendo waited an extra week in anticipation of announcing Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves. Mm. time will tell they're also going to bring up metro prime 4 finally chris but yeah i'd like to hear your thoughts on uh the delay and uh just kind of what you if you could if you actually do think that uh this direct is going to highlight some of the xbox games i think you alluded to that yeah uh as far as the delay again we talked about you know i said there was concerns with everyone nintendo's big concern obviously obviously is you know they have a console right now that has 130 million units out and it's making bank for them. Uh, it's old tech, but like, who cares? You know, like, sure, you know, us hardcore gamers might scoff our noses when it's not like Zelda or Mario, you know, <laughs> as far as what's right. on there. But, you know, they make a ton of money on that console and they have a ton of units. And I think their fear is they understand that part of the reason they, that number is so high is because of the pandemic. Like, they hit the perfect spot, right? Microsoft and Sony had new con- uh, new consoles. You couldn't find them. And here comes Nintendo with gold Animal Crossing and just a plethora of consoles available. So they really, you know, it, it drove them. And I think, like, their big thing is, one, they want to make sure they have enough enticing hardware for it, or software, I should say. But, two, you know, there's probably some discussions of just, like, you know, when's the best time to launch this? What's the best price? All that kind of stuff. Just because you, I I think if like there's only one concern, I definitely think of the big three. The one that has the least concern is Nintendo right now. Their one concern is probably, you know, how do we avoid having a Wii U or GameCube or, you know, like those kinds of rollback after a great generation, um, you know, uh, situations. They they want to keep this train going, right? They want to take all 130 million and say you have every reason to keep continuing and buying a switch or wherever they're going to call it, and and you know keep investing in us and and you know at the same time probably trying to figure out a way to keep all those who have a switch right now and aren't going to go out day one and get a new one. How do you keep getting them to spend money and all that? 
Uh, so, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out, I think. But yeah, the other thing is I would expect, you know, this was rumored that this was actually coming last week and literally they delayed it at the last minute because of Microsoft. Microsoft specifically asked them to delay it and they complied. So, you know, again, like if, if you're going to announce a game on switch, this is where you do it. You don't do it with Phil on a podcast. You do it at Nintendo direct because there are so many eyes that would never watch that that will go check this out. Like that's the most attention your games will ever get. So hopefully hi-fi rush and see if these maybe pendant. I don't know if all four of them are coming there tomorrow or they're going to space them out or whatever, but hopefully, you know, hopefully that's not the only announcements I, I would feel. Yeah. You know, That'd be kind of like recycled, weird. right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm out of everybody. I do think it is time for Nintendo to get a new console. So I don't oh, like yeah. hearing about a delay to a potential successor. And I say that because, you know, we talked about the PS5 uh, being at the end of its cycle and PS5 Pros and Xbox. And st- it's like, yo, those seem just fine for me right now. And Nintendo really needs to get one out here. So hopefully it's not a dud. If you need time to to make it right, make it right. Uh, I'm excited to see the showcase. I Like Chris, I hope that the Hi-Fi Rush and... The, or I should say the Xbox potential news is not all we get, that it's it's other stuff. That will still make some new splashes for people who don't pay attention to anything other than Nintendo. Uh, so it'll be cool. I can't wait to tune in. Um, it's going to be perfect timing. I got a busy day at work tomorrow, but I'll be able to sneak this in right before that happens. Uh, and stuff like that. So, speak. nope, can't use that. Let's just talk about uh, the sales of Alan Wake 2, Chris. <laughs> Right. Uh, this is nice. I mean, I wish it was higher, but still. Uh, Alan Wake 2 has sold 1.3 million copies since the game released on October 27th. According to Remedy, this makes it Remedy's fastest selling game ever. The game had sold 1 million copies by the end of 2023 and moved the remaining 300,000 by the end of January. According to Remedy, Alan Wake 2 sold over 50% more copies and over three times more digital copies in its first month than Control did in its first four months. Control has now sold over 4 million copies since it was released, suggesting that Alan Wake 2 could enjoy a long shelf life. So, Sean, uh, you know, I think of, like, <laughs> friend of the show Jeff has now been playing Alan Wake 2. Acid Sugar just finished Control and said he's uh going to be... Probably going to Alan yeah. Wake 2 after pretty much playing all the Remedy games not named Max Payne. Uh, when are you yeah. going to start your run? It's got to be soon. Uh, I was I was an OG playing Alan Wake 1 back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, Remedy who? You know? I got to get better at it. Uh, I, I'm very excited, like you just said. I know you're a big fan of Sam and everybody over at Remedy. Can they put out good stuff? Uh, so I think I think anything that is is praise or good for them, they deserve, man. And it is going to be cool to see years down the road how Alan Wake Two still sells copies, and that's going to lead to potentially I don't know because I don't know how Alan Wake Two ended, but mm-hmm. a potentially a new Alan Wake game in the future. So that'll be dope. Uh, but yeah, congrats to uh, to Acid for finishing Control. I know he had said that in chat. He is our head boy, head moderator who needs to be banned, quite frankly. Every week. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You, John, Mike, everybody's playing Alan Wake too. And it's yeah. like, or I've played it. And I'm like, what am I doing? So yeah. Uh good stuff, man. I, I like 
I don't like always bringing up bad news. I like good news, and this is definitely that. Hmm. Uh, you know why I hate bringing up every week? What's, what's I have way? to. Yeah. Finally. All right, ladies and gentlemen, do you have your seatbelts on? <laughs> Loose items to the side. Embrace for impact. Oh. Embracer has warned of further layoffs despite letting go of 1,387 folks back in June. In a group-wide effort, our companies and studios have had to make a difficult decision. Sorry, difficult decisions, particularly on having to part ways with team members. In total, we have reduced our global headcount by 8% of the workforce since the start of the program. The reductions are managed locally on the operative group level with a focus on informing affected employees first and then carried out with compassion, respect, and integrity towards those affected. The company is also in the process of selling off parts of his business with Gearbox being rumored up for sale. So, Chris... Yeah, you just uh, your overall thoughts on what Embracer's having to do, uh, and what this means if it if it truly impacts uh, our gaming community as a whole, or will it be just a ripple in that gaming uh, community? I mean, it's going to affect it in the sense that I'm almost becoming more and more confident that Embracer might not be a company by the end of this year. Just by, I mean, you keep seeing cut after cut, cancellation after cancellation. I mean, these aren't things like, by the way, that they canceled that were canceled because like, hey, it's been six, seven years of development. And this is just getting too, you know, costly for us. It's like they were things that were two or three years in development, like core cycles. And they were cut just because I think they were like, this isn't coming out soon and we can't afford to keep financing it right now. That's literally where they're at. So the part that's probably going to be the most painful, I mean, this has happened in the history of video games. It's just been a long time and it's generally not a company of this size. I mean, THQ is probably about the closest I could think of previously to something like this and not like the, the rebirth of THQ, but like the original THQ. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of properties that are just kind of left out there in limbo and studios and, you know, whenever this does happen, will they all go bankrupt with it? Will, you know, what, how many years will it take for these properties to be sorted out? And honestly, if you get those properties, will whoever owns them feel like they have a studio that's good with the material, right? To, to make something. Cause it's like, sure. I want a deus ex game, you know, but if you've shut down that studio and you know, you're Microsoft or Sony for that matter. And you buy that property. Who do you have in your wheelhouse? That would really be the right crew to make a great deus ex game. I don't know. Um, so that's, you know, that's the big risk, but I'm, I'm not shocked, but I'm also not happy. Um, you know, it does yeah. bring me joy. It's, it's tough. I went and looked up some stuff and I just pulled it up again. Uh, when I read the news earlier and, and they there's like 29 games that are canceled now in addition to the the number we just told you 1,387 folks mm-hmm. uh, and they had they had up there was like 150 plus games that were unannounced and now of course if you do the math they're down to like under 125 
Uh, and apparently some of them, like you mentioned, the Deus Ex games, but there was apparently a Lord of the Rings game that was in development. Yeah. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff that could have been good. Good news is, though, Chris, I, I, while you think they may not exist, uh, like you know very well, companies have to make cuts to survive based on whatever the reason is they need to now go into survival mode. So their goal is, I think, to just be a much leaner company uh, with fewer projects in total in development. And hopefully those products still come out with quality that maybe writes the ship and and we get a, a change for the better instead of for the worse. You, ne- you never know how things play out, but hopefully it's not the end. Uh, but as as I've read several articles say, and I'm sure WGC, that's us, we feel the same. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who lost their jobs and Godspeed and getting a new job somewhere uh, for a passionate thing that you love, like video game development. So very true. Well said. Um, you know, what? Uh, it's also well said, Sean. What's that, bud? The line. Do you want to wrap this up? <laughs> Never. I don't know why that just cut off, but it did. Uh, okay. Yeah. Emails! Emails! <laughs> Electronic mail from the future. Oh, my word. Oh, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show we call emails. Uh, our official inbox is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Uh, Chris. Yes. Uh, am, am, you're going to read the second one in order. Do you want to read that one first so we can bring it back and I can say just like? Yeah, because I could. Um, I'm thinking. You don't have to. He, no, you don't have to read them. No, no, they're different. They're different. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we're still yeah. playing catch up here. So, you know, that's why John took off this week because, you know. Now it's funny because if you read that one, then I'll read the one below it and look at it's so funny. We should definitely do that. Okay. So just like Alejandro did, where (laughs) he says, good game, bad outcome. (sighs) Sean, sadly, our 49ers did not win last Sunday, not this past Sunday. You know, the Sunday before. And all because that blocked extra point kick. C'est la vie, which in French means. (laughs) F F F F F <laughs> defeatedly yours. Alejandro sent from Santa Clara County, California. Uh, Ooh, he actually lives by the stream. Yeah. 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 I, I'd known that Alejandro was a Niners fan like myself. And that one, I, I last week you heard me congratulate Kansas city, but man, man. Yeah. Still hurts. Oh, still. We hurts. had that game, bro. I'm not to tell you this. We I think it was, it. I think it was more than just uh, the kick. I think it was one thing. Well, that 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 set up different. You're right. It, it all comes back to yeah, different. That that moment though puts them in a different perspective on what they For need sure. to do. It whatever, whatever. Um. So now I'm going to read the email that came in before Alejandro's. It says sent ahead of time to beat Alejandro. That's funny. Uh, greatest spelling of Alejandro ever, by the way. Uh, and this Allah. is from Thorin. <laughs> 
a la Han, like Han Solo, Dro. It's like a la Dandro. (laughs) (laughs) Dear WGC crew, that's right. I scheduled this email to just to be just after the show in order to beat Alejandro. Sorry, Alejandro Thorin. Dang. That's mean. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Uh, next up. <laughs> okay, hold up. But in chat, uh, Alejandro says, say la vie to Thorin. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Say la vie. Wait, that's not Alejandro. I just saw how his name was spelled in the email. That's not how he spelled that name. It's Alejandro. Uh, next oh, up, funny. we got an email from Kay Solomon. Uh, he didn't put a title on it, but he just says, what up, guys? What up? Been a while since I wrote in. I just wanted to share my rant on, as. oh, okay, Suicide Squad to kill the Justice League. Uh I really feel like someone at WB was looking at how other companies were making money on live service games. Mind you, when Rocksteady most likely started developing this game, the live service market was at its peak. That is true. Uh, So I see the logic behind this. It just feels like they were forced into making this game. Reason why I said that is because how do you go from a near-perfect gameplay mechanics from a near-perfect trilogy, which friend of the show, Platinum Mike, I think at this point can agree because he's been knee deep into that uh to a looter shooter as your follow-up wb and rocksteady had to realize that this was a bad idea of a game when they released the first gameplay trailer but it was just too far in development to really cancel and start over if they really wanted to make a true follow-up to the arkham games then it should have been a wonder woman game the arkham gameplay could have worked so well with wonder woman just saying keep the story she could have been trying to save the league from task force x and Brainiac at the same time fighting her corrupt friends and brainwashed civilians instead of purple mutants. I blame myself for buying this game. Such a missed <laughs> opportunity. Thank you for listening to my ramp. As always, keep up the great work, Case Allman, and he sent this from an iPhone that was found in a box that belonged to somebody's mom. Because you know, <laughs> so it was in your mom's box. Uh, P.S. I know that they are making a Wonder Woman game. I just forgot who is working on it. I wish it was Rocksteady. He's not wrong here. And you know what, Sean? He's right. Like, Wonder Woman's probably the best character in that game. Like, really well fleshed out. And I was like, man, I like this Wonder Woman. I would totally, to his point, it would be pretty cool. And his idea isn't bad. It's, like, not a bad idea of, like, her having to go against a corrupted Justice League just trying to stop them, right? Like, her fighting Superman, her fighting Flash. Makes a heck of a lot more sense than... Suicide Squad doing it, but you know, who knows? Yeah, uh, I'm glad that I didn't get FOMO too bad for this game. Say F it and buy it because I probably would have not been happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it, dude, and that's what emails are for. Solomon is for rants. Uh, really good email. Uh, like Chris had made some good points. And I specifically, I adore the sent from part of your email. Right. All right. Moving on to, uh, let's see who this is. Oh, I I get the shortest emails in the world this week. Uh, This is from Tom. Oh. Y'all, I finished Dead Space and I effing loved it. No idea why I slept on this game for so long, but as soon as I was done, 
went back into New Game Plus. Might even try for a platinum. Ooh. Boom. This is sent from Tom. P.S. Can say, can an Aussie say y'all or is that dumb AF? <laughs> Smiling emoji. Uh, and Aussie can say whatever they want because Aussies are awesome. That's so if true. you want to say y'all, make it happen in Australia. Like make <laughs> make the word y'all take over. Tom, Love if it. you, I want to think that they're both available on PlayStation 5 with Dead Space 2 and 3. Totally recommend them as well. If not, I know they're available on Xbox and they have the, um, what you call it, like the update for the improved frame rates and all that. You know what I'm talking about, like the thing they do. So yeah, definitely go check them out. They're, it's a great trilogy. Love it. Yeah. Uh, next up, oh, no. we, got, we got Ryan. <laughs> and oh, no. He titled this, Hello, Gentlemen. Uh, Hello. I hope this email finds you well. Are you well, still, Sean? Still recovering. I'm still recovering. Uh, well, he's sorry for your 49ers loss, Sean. I was hoping mm. the 49ers would win. Then Travis Kelsey breaks up with Taylor Swift, saying she was a distraction. <laughs> then we would get the ultimate breakup album ever from Taylor Swift. I digress, though. I wanted to give you an update from the last time I emailed before Christmas, and I am sad to say my wife and her American Girl doll influence on my daughter Beat out her getting a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. We cannot swing both for her because those dang dolls and their clothes are more expensive than the You're Switch. not wrong. I have sir. no idea what this is, and I'm kind of glad I don't know what this is. Bro, you, you have no idea. There's dedicated stores for dolls. Wow. Like standalone stores for these American Girl dolls. Well, I really hope that they enjoyed it, you know, like hopefully. Oh, they the, made it uh, yeah, if she's, a, if she's an American Girl doll girl, she doesn't care about a Switch. Huh, okay. Uh, my daughter loves Pokemon, though, and I'm hoping to get her one one day so she can enjoy Maybe. all the catalog of Pokemon games it has. Question for you. What effect do you think Disney's major investment in Epic Games will have on games and development in the future? The future. Uh, I live in the Raleigh area. That's in North Carolina for those who are not from America. Uh, so it's been front and center in the local news. Thank you very much for the most amazing podcast I get to listen to every week. And stay awesome. Take care from Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. I, I think it means uh, that so you're going to get 55 lightsaber options in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Disney will Disney the you-know-what out of anything they can. Bad news is, if the mm. return isn't Disney uh, to Disney standard, they cancel it, even if you like it. So True. There's that. Uh, I, I said that right now. So what I meant was right now, if she's into American Girl dolls. The Switch, like I bought one for Tenley and it just didn't get played. However, Fair. as time has progressed and now she's making friends at school, she's turning into a little mini gamer. Ooh. Every day they log on for their, for the, they call it their Fortnite dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she start playing other little games. So, Mm-hmm. If you have a daughter who's a gamer who shows potential but then veers off, there's hope they come back, bro. For sure. And also, thank you for the the reminder that my 49ers lost. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think eventually at some point in Rocket League, I'll get the option when I score a goal that I get the Star Wars theme. But, you know. That'll be, that'll be when I start playing Rocket League again. Right. 
Uh, great question to lead off this next email, and it comes via the title of this email from Adam. It says, am I the last or the mm. first? <laughs> Who knows, dude? I do see that you sent, wow, you sent this technically three minutes before last week's show came out at midnight. <laughs> so you probably, I don't know, dude, math be hard. Uh, so it says, well, it is late Wednesday afternoon here. Probably the time you're actually recording the podcast. Let's not talk about the Niners this week. <laughs> Mother, (laughs) I am still major depressed and have not slept from it. I feel that, bro. But I thought instead of being the first email this week, I would try and be the last. I probably end up being the first for next week's with time zones. (laughs) It worked out. Everything's worked out. I am 55 hours into it it like a dragon infinite wealth and only in chapter eight. And it's massive. At this rate, it might break my record for longest game ever. And that game within a game part in Chapter 7 took me 15 hours to just plain have the game stop was incredible. Persona 5 Royale is at 162 hours, and Witcher 3 hit 127 hours. It is a shame I won't get it finished by February 29th because everything will have to stop for me. For Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the original is always going to be my favorite game of all time. Nice. So, question. (laughs) What are your guys' longest games in history with how many hours you have spent on it? Not an MMO like WoW or a sporting game, but a story-driven game. Mm. Mine easily that I know I can keep record of is Breath of the Wild or Breath of the Wild 2. They're over 100 hours. Okay. I think I think those are safe plays for me. Um what do you think? I I'm gonna go by what my PlayStation history told me when I went to go re-download this game of the PlayStation 5 version and start my platinum run this week, which was that uh, apparently on the PlayStation 4 version, Sean, I had 301 hours of uh Witcher 3. Nice. Yeah. I, I really want to do some research and find out aside from an MMO, an MMO like WoW or Final Fantasy, what my playtime yeah. is on a game. I, that just means you keep going and going and going. I, I would say the only other thing I could think of that would be in the conversation is probably Mass Effect trilogy. Like if I took that from start yeah. to finish, in the, it, it, I mean, I beat it at least three times, I want to say, like from front to finish on top of other additional runs I did. Uh, that did not get finished. So, before we get uh, a great email, by the way, Adam, uh, and John's is desired too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Great email. Or before we get to the last email, I did want to. You, you, you actually gave us a pivot that I wanted to bring up. So thanks, Adam. Uh, we have a friend in my personal Discord, uh, who's who's a real life friend to Chris and myself and everybody. He's awesome. His name's uh Josh. You've mm-hmm. heard us talk about Josh. He's been on the show about World of Warcraft. So Josh sent a picture, and Chris it t- Chris Point saw it first, but it took me a minute to realize what it was. So Josh had a screenshot from a friend of his. Yeah. Who uh who has Final Fantasy 14 online that he started playing on PS4. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the highest hours played I've seen of anything. 18,000. 
516 hours played a Final Fantasy 14 online. 91% way of the platinum. Absolute insanity. Chris, you did the math. Do you remember how many days that was? It was like 700 something days. So like two, almost two and a quarter years. He was at. Yeah. Yeah. Of just play time. But just, I mean, you know. in yeah. theory, when you play an MMO, though, you play it for years. I don't know. It was just well, crazy to see that number. For sure. Well, you know, in sickness and in health, Sean. Uh, our our final email was also our first email. Once again, Alejandro returns to say, gentlemen, <laughs> I appreciate this one. Chris was a real trooper last week doing the entire episode, even when he sounded like he was going to cough up a lung. Contrast, that was with the PTO taken by some host when there's a pasta special on at Olive Garden. <laughs> Anywho, my question is, what are good games to play when you're feeling under the weather? Medically yours, Alejandro. Sent from my Walgreens digital rectal thermometer running Windows 11. <laughs> um, I honestly like to play sports games a lot when I'm sick, just because it's something yeah, solid. Like, you know, I know it so well at this point. Like whether it's NBA, Rock League, Madden, doesn't matter what it is, I could kind of just zone out and just let my knowledge of the game take over. Which is kind yeah. of what is necessary when you're meted up and, you know, you just, you know, your face feels like a balloon. <laughs> well, when I'm sick, I like to play, you know, easy games like Sekiro or Elden Ring. You know, not <laughs> a lot of, you know, <laughs> no. honestly, the first game that came to mind. Uh, do you guys remember this game? It was called, I think it was called Lumin- Luminace or Luminous. I yeah. never knew. Lumin- yeah, that game was a game when I didn't feel great. I could just put it on and it, it had a great buttery beat soundtrack, but I could mute that if I wanted to. That's PTSD, and it was just though. like playing. It was like playing Tetris. Mm-hmm. It was, it came out on another console. Maybe it's my Nintendo switch. My first, I've been PlayStation, uh, PlayStation three back in the day too. Yeah. I just, I remember holding it and playing it when I was laying in bed. So it had to be like the OG Nintendo switch. Yeah. Before I got the OLED, maybe it was in the store. Anyway, that game for me is a classic that I like to go to. So in that lane, any kind of Tetris, to Chris's point, just kind of, and you're going to be like, you don't think in Tetris? I really don't. I'm a, I'm a Tetris master. You know, I just do, I do the things. Uh, awesome emails this week. I know we're finally, I think, caught up, which makes us happy, which Woo-hoo. means you've got maybe have taken for granted that Chris hasn't threatened Thanos. So make sure you get us something in for next week. Let me check. uh, Let me check the discord real quick, Chris, to see if we have any emails. We don't. Okay. We are good. We are good there. Uh, I'll check real quick on the uh, anything mentioned section of our, of our Twitter slash X account. We are caught up on follows. So Mm -hmm. now let's just make sure we don't have any mentions. I don't see any. So, but let me remind you, we do have a discord. Uh, If you need information on it, we can get that to you. Uh, It's amazing. I love our discord so much. Uh, Twitter. We're at weekly game chat there. So if you want to follow us, we'd love to follow you back. And also we share things like when Chris and I go live uh, to stream games and whatnot. So let me close screens down. Let me get to where I can see Chris again. John, wherever you're at, buddy, uh, we miss you this week, but we know you'll be back 
better than ever and uh, stuff like that. So game on to John. I'll get to that in a minute. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 437 of Weekly Games Chat. Wherever you download the show, we appreciate it. Please, if you can, leave us a review or just spread the word. It helps people find us and our community grows. A shout out to everyone who watches us on Twitch.tv. You could also do that just by finding Twitch.tv on any device and looking for Weekly Games Chat. Our official inbox is weeklygameschat at gmail.com if you want to write into us. And I just mentioned where we're at on Twitter and Discord. So with that said, John's not here. Game on, John. And I look at you, Chris. Good to you at work today and great show today, buddy. Love you. Game on. Game on to you, Sean. Uh, game on to everyone's favorite pasta boy, John. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Dark love.